All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com. And rate and review us, five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will shoot you in the side when you're trying to save Pax and Electra. <laughs> Melt half your body. And it, you know, it won't go well for you. We won't kill you, though. No, you'll just suffer. You'll be maimed. And now, Howlipod. Ow! Ephraim smiles and nods to Volga. What if she were holding it? She'd look scary waving a bloody damn muffin! If I had a muffin, I would eat it. Hello, Howlers! Welcome to Howlipod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow! I'm your host, Ben Reinert. I'm joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers! All right, it's character study time. Who will enter the passage tonight? The passage of our in-depth scrutiny and judgment? Will they rise above the rest and be crowned prime? Or will they fall short and be disgraced henceforth as a pixie? Who are we studying today? Volga! Volga? Volga Fjorgen! <laughs> you really nailed the last name there. Okay, so full disclosure, I used to work on a cruise ship, and when we went to the fjords, <laughs> I didn't know how to say the word fjords, and I s- called it a fjord, and everyone made fun of me. Fjord. <laughs> I was like, there's a J. That's amazing. So now I know how to say fjorgen. <laughs> well, you're really nailing it now. Thanks, thanks. All right, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our character backgrounds. Hopefully we don't eat all of our muffins, because then... <laughs> We'll get hungry later. <laughs> uh, Volga Fjorgen, a.k.a. Snowball, is an obsidian freelancer most recently associated with Ephraim T. Horn's crew. She is the daughter of the legend himself, Ragnar Valaris, and a Terran gladiator named Rothka. But she gets the real dad vibes from Ephraim, obviously. Right, Aaron? Yes, he is such a dad. He's not at all like an uncle. You're so right, Ben. So is everyone else. She is one of 200 offspring from Ragnar created through the society's breeding program. Uh, But she was cast away to Earth to do slave labor because of her small size and mixed up organs and shit. Yes, Volga. She is about six and a half feet tall. With the white hair of an obsidian. She is smallish for her color, and that makes her look a little less threatening than most. Her teeth are not in great condition due to second-rate dental work, and she doesn't have the dense wind calluses of the obsidians of the ice, making her sloping cheekbones more noticeable. Regardless of her small size, she is still athletic and powerful like all obsidians and is a total weapons expert despite her complete lack of a killer instinct. Uh, She, in fact, refuses to kill, even though her line of work typically requires it. 
She has a deep affinity for animals, often visiting the zoo, and even has dreams of owning her own animal preserve one day. She's eager to please those she respects, especially Ephraim, and can come off naive at times, but only due to her purity of heart. She's just a good friend. As part of Ephraim's heist crew, Volga assists in stealing the sword of Selenius and then again participates as part of the crew that kidnaps Pax and Electra, despite her misgivings about kidnapping children, which is good <laughs> that someone is like speaking up here. Zickly saying, maybe this is a bad idea. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't kidnap kids that have nothing to do with this. So after part of their crew is killed during the kidnapping and Ephraim leaves the children with the Duke of Hands, Volga and Ephraim argue and Volga leaves hurt and angered by Ephraim's harsh words. The next day, it is revealed to Ephraim that Volga was captured and imprisoned to buy Holiday with the help of Lyria, who had managed to escape from Ephraim and Volga during the time they were delivering the kids to the Duke of Hands. Volga is then uh, first seen in Dark Age in a cell on Victress ship where she's being held captive along with Lyria who's in a neighboring cell. It's revealed that Volga is Ragnar's daughter according to the test results that were done on her during her time imprisoned on Victra's ship. During her days on Victra's ship with Lyria in the room next to her she communicates with Lyria by stripping a piece of her clothing and using her blood to write to Lyria with then Lyria eventually doing the same back. And then they become pen pals, and it's cute. <laughs> and then just when Volga and Lyria are about to be turned over to Ephraim, uh, the ship is attacked by Askamani. Ew. And they're like gross little wet <laughs> aliens. Ew. Ew. Volga and Lyria manage to survive the vacuum of space by working together, pen pals, mm. becoming best friends. So cute. So the Askamani break through the ship and uh, Lyria and Volga make their way through the ship to find a way to escape. They come across the leader of the Askamani, Fa. And Volsung Fa calls out Volga's name like he knows her. But Weird. Volga's like, the fuck? Because <laughs> she doesn't know him. I think you'd remember him. <laughs> Volga and Lyria then manage to escape the ship with Victra and Figment. On her escape pod, but it crashes over Mars. Yes, and Victra and Volga and Lyria are the only ones to survive. The girls, the gals, they, you know, they hang out in the woods for a while, and they have to avoid being caught by the Red Hand. Little girls camping trip. <laughs> they come across a village and take over the home of a Red and his family. Uh, Volga stands as bodyguard while Victra gives birth to Ulysses. Uh, but unfortunately, Volga is not there when the Red Hand returns, leaving Victra, her baby son, and Lyria to fend for themselves. Victra and Volga are taken captive by the Red Hand and held prisoner at their base. Volga spends the next two days as a prisoner of the Red Hand, working hard labor along with other obsidian before Lyria is able to rescue her. After they succeed in overthrowing the Red Hand and freeing all the prisoners, Volga, Lyria, and Victra are able to escape the base they then meet up with those who arrive to assist mars, mars. including the ship with ephraim pax and electra manning it ephraim and volga are reunited oh reunited and it feels so good i was about to sing that <laughs> you saw me intake breath 
You totally <laughs> won that fight. <laughs> okay, so later at the Julia estate, uh, Volga and Ephraim exchange stories of what has happened to them since they last saw each other. And boy, howdy, a lot has happened. Right. They should not break up again because they're better together. Ephraim offers her to leave with him to go to Earth, which she eagerly accepts. Unfortunately, Ephraim is killed before oh, they e- <laughs> even leave Mars. <laughs> I Just said that little they're, thing. they're better together. <laughs> Ephraim was trying to save Sefi, obviously, from the Askamani. Thanks, Pax. Thanks, Pax. Great yeah. idea. So, Volga escapes the estate when Ephraim doesn't return at the rendezvous time. She finds what's left of Ephraim's body at Eagle's Rest and holds him in her grief-stricken hands. (laughs) And she tries to pick up his body and (laughs) tries to hold him. Sorry, I'm not laughing. It's just so horrible. She tries to hold him together um, until Lyria and the rest of Victra's soldiers arrive. Volga is unable to forgive Pax for his part in Ephraim's willingness to help Sefi, but she accepts Victra's oath that House Barco will answer if she ever calls upon them for help. As Volga and Lyria prepare to take Ephraim's body back to Earth, the arch-governor of Mars, Kieran Olykos, arrives with news that Volsung Fa has offered to stop all the killing and violence only if Volga goes to him. Volga agrees to this, making Lyria promise to take Ephraim's body to South Pacifica. No, Volga, don't do it. Man. Hey, maybe we'll get a Volga point of view. Supposedly, we are supposed to learn a lot about Obsidian culture in book six. Well, then that probably wouldn't be Volga because she didn't grow up on the ice. But she's going to be hanging out with a bunch of Obsidians. Huh? Wait, which culture? Askamani Obsidians or like the ice Obsidians? Well, we already kind of learned about the ice Obsidians. Right. Wait, where did you get this information? This was sent to me by uh, Jessica McClarty Contreras. Jessica! She heard it from Pierce. So straight from Pierce's mouth. Straight from the, what do you say? Horse's mouth. <laughs> I was like, doctor? <laughs> <laughs> straight from the doctor's mouth. Doctor who? All right, let's move into the historical connections from our wonderful researcher, Heather. All right, Heather had her work cut out for her on this one. She told me she had a tough time. Well, first of all, you have to get past the whole J thing <laughs> in Fjorgen. That takes a minute. All right, Heather says, Volga is proto-Slavic for wetness or moisture, which follows in that the Volga is the longest river in Europe, stretching from central Russia to the Caspian Sea. Though not particularly captivated by water, Volga is passionate about animals and nature. Like the river with which she shares her name, Volga fosters healthy microenvironments within which diverse species can grow and thrive. Volga's last name, Fjorgen, meaning Earth Mother Goddess, further alludes to her uplifting, kind heart and love for the wild. More pertinent to the storyline, the Volga River has historically played an instrumental role in transportation and communication across distant and autonomous civilizations. Volga Fjorgen of the Red Rising universe heard of it. (laughs) She similarly connects would-be enemies, creating opportunities for collaboration and mutual achievement. Her unique kindness and morality endeared her to Ephraim so that when Lyria and Holiday acknowledge that Volga will suffer if Ephraim fails to retrieve Pax and Electra, 
he agrees to act solely to save Volga from that fate. Subsequently, the bond between Ephraim and the children, mostly Pax, blossoms, becoming something strong and rare in and of itself. Without Volga as the link, though, the worlds of Ephraim and the children wouldn't have eclipsed one another in this manner. Mm. First of all, Volga saves Ephraim's ass numerous times <laughs> in the original capture of Pax and Electra, so if she hadn't been present, his mission likely would have failed. Then, as mentioned, without her in the custody of the Republic, Ephraim wouldn't have had any motivation to save the children, what with death being the alternative and him being highly suicidal. <laughs> highly suicidal is a good assessment, I think, of Ephraim in that moment. Um, okay. Beyond serving as the glue that secures Ephraim to the Republic, Volga's genetics put her next in line to lead the Obsidian. Despite being an in vitro baby, Sefi the Quiet still believed that as the daughter of Ragnar Volaris, Volga would have the unwavering support of the Obsidian facilitating continued peace for the All-Tribe while avoiding the inevitable struggles for power in the wake of Sefi's death. Even under duplicitous new leadership, Volsung Fa similarly believes Volga to be the key to future legitimacy and success. When molded in his image, Volga w- could seamlessly ascend as queen of the Obsidian. Thinking Volga's mind a clean slate, Fa assumes he'll easily indoctrinate her so that she willingly supports his ideals and follows his guidance. In reality, however, Ephraim has already left his impression. Volga may pretend to be malleable to gain Fa's trust, but she'll ultimately rally the Obsidian and reestablish their ties with the Republic as the Volga River once united diverse peoples. Nice. Wow. I think she will do that. (laughs) Well done, Heather. Also, I think it was good that uh, Ephraim was such a dick because I think it really helped shape Volga into being m- less trusting and like looking at the dark side of people more, like right. not being as just like happy to have friends. So I think now because of what she went through with Ephraim in his friendship and his, uh, abuse of her and then eventually his death i think that that will really help her in this next journey that she's about to go on right she's also got to have soaked up a bunch of his like chameleon like tendencies you know and that's also going to help her in this situation where she's going to have to act a little bit she's gonna have to be sneaky sneaky right and she's small for an obsidian so they won't (laughs) notice when she's sneaking around (laughs) all right let's move on to our legacy section yeah, let's talk about what Volga brought to the story. Sure, okay. She's like an obvious fan favorite, right? She cute. Yes, she cute. We know this. Even though she, we, I was thinking about this, like she's a thief and she's, she's a freelancer. And she <laughs> shot Kavax. Yeah, and she shot Kavax. But she, at the same time, simultaneously feels like one of the purest characters in the entire series, if not the purest. Pierce Brown is tricky. <laughs> I mean, we still like Darrow and he like, you know, commits genocide over and over. Sure. (laughs) I'm just talking purely pure of heart. I'm just talking pure of heart. Right. You know, and like her intentions. Yeah, these are my only intentions. (laughs) Sorry. Justin Bieber (laughs) is like definitely one of my one of my guilty pleasures. (laughs) I shouldn't admit that publicly. Um, So 
Volga definitely, I think, gets to her heart because Pierce gives us all these little breadcrumbs to like who she really is, right. especially in Iron Gold when we first meet her. Um, you know, he just drops in these fun little facts about her that add such depth and s- just cuteness. I mean, she's incredibly loyal. She's incredibly caring. She's one of the most earnest characters in the entire story. She's courageous. She's selfless. So, like, these are all obviously traits that we all admire. But at the same time, she's, like I said, she's like this thief. And she's like a heist person and a weapons expert. And she deals in violence. I mean, that's she's like muscle on a crew. So it's just interesting, the dichotomy between... That's just a really well-written character. And it's what makes her so fun. Through her relationship with Ephraim, like we were saying... She builds confidence in herself. She finds a family in that crew. um, And she finally stands up for herself and stands up to Ephraim Mm -hmm. and leaves him because she's like, I deserve more than this. I've learned my worth. Right. It is kind of weird that his like mistreatment of her like kind of helps her become empowered finally to the point where she's like, I'm done with you. Right. I mean, it makes her unhappy. Sure. But like, yes, I think it definitely will help in the future. Right. Not it's like a anyone, tough love situation. Yeah. Like, uh, he's almost a, he's beyond even, tough love. He's not even being loving. He's just yeah. being a dick. He is just kind of being a dick. That's that's Ephraim, though. That's he's, Ephraim. He's, he's just kind of a dick. Hurt, <laughs> hey, Ben, hurt people hurt people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do we think about her legacy as a character, though? I think a lot of it still be to be determined in book six, obviously. Right. But I think, uh, like Heather said, we can put in a pretty solid guess here about what she's going to do. Well, she could get blood-eagled. Sure. I mean, she definitely could get killed. That's on the table. Okay. But But hopefully not. If we were going to say she's not going to get killed, what's her story going to be like? I think it does ultimately become her reuniting the Obsidians under the banner of I'm Ragnar's daughter. If not that, then at least she, like, epically kills Volsum Fa somehow. Maybe she, like, her sacrifices herself in order to kill him. Yeah. You know, like, pushes him off a cliff and she goes with him. I don't know. Right. So I think ultimately, like, her legacy is is still to be determined at this point. But, I mean, she's always going to be a fan favorite just for these two books already. And I would say, I mean, I'm not, I was just thinking about this the other night when I was putting this outline together, favorite character in the new, favorite like new character in the new trilogy? Ephraim. Ephraim or Volga, probably. is That's kind of where I was at. Yeah. Well, now that Ephraim died, I guess. Yeah. Volga's next. Uh, but, you know, I'm starting to like Lyria more. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've always liked Lyria. I like everybody. <laughs> you don't like to like rank people and put them I've, ahead of each other. No, and I really like <laughs> Everybody just deserves like a merit award and then get I mean t- if we could go back to tongueless. <laughs> he was I guess he was IG creation, right? Yeah. We could just go back there. <laughs> but I only say this because it makes Ben so mad. <laughs> just kidding, I love tongueless. All right. We already started getting into prediction territory a little bit. Let's go ahead and move on to predictions and fan casting. Who okay. are we fan casting first? The only person I can think, and we I looked for other people, and I couldn't find anyone, but it's Brienne of Tarth, a.k.a. 
Gwendolyn Christie. I should have said the AKA the other way around. <laughs> but first off, she's Brienne of Tarth. Right. But she, um, the way that she is a fighter, but is also so like sweet, like just a the true character. Knight. Yeah. The character of Brienne of Tarth is so Volga. It fits very well. And then plus, obviously, she's taller than everyone. Right. And strong. But she would be small in this world, so... Well, uh, she'd be bigger than her friends. Right. She'd be hanging out with a lot of small people. Like, Brienne is still smaller than the mountain. And right, the right, obsidians right. would be like the mountain. Right, right, right. Anyways, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, I don't know why <laughs> you're here, but <laughs> she's the cool blonde knight that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, tell us what your fan castings are. I seriously, I looked up a bunch of people, um, but it, it might have to be an unknown, you know, because. I would say, I mean, that's probably ultimately where it's going to go. I do like that Gwendolyn Christie. I do feel like there is a lot of overlap kind of with Brienne of Tarth, but um, ultimately I think she would be really good in that role. So we'll cast her. Okay. You're welcome, Gwendolyn Christie. <laughs> yeah. We've given you the role. We have no power, but we just, you got it. Okay, let's talk predictions. We already did this a little bit. Can she take down Volsung Fa? Um, I think if not just Volga, then she and Lyria will like, you know, gangbang it. I just think that would be so fitting to have like Volga and Lyria, a red and a castaway obsidian take down like the most powerful character yeah, not even Sefi could take him down with yeah. her whole horde around her. I love that idea. It'd have to be sneaky. Right. Figmentum style. I think she's really going to have to... Um, she's going to have to buy in for a while. Not like buy in, but she's going to have to play along for a while, you know? Maybe she'll play in so hard that Lyria shows up and thinks that Volga's lost. That would be like, interesting, yeah. Sh- that she, like, has turned. Yeah. Ooh, drama. That would be dramatic. Yeah. Wow. Um, have you heard about this theory about her organs being backwards? So her organs are like not in the right spot in her body. It's in the book. Right. And have you heard about the theory involving that? Um, no. Okay. Maybe. So I'll explain it. Um, there's a theory rolling around that, you know, how Volsung Fa likes to take people's hearts out. He's going to reach in and not find a heart. Right. And then she's going to aria him and <laughs> I think so. Yes. Stab him. That would be the idea behind the theory. What nice. do you think about that? But wouldn't you still be fucked up if someone? See, that's where I'm at with it. I mean, he'd puncture her lung. <laughs> you can live with one lung. Yeah, I was just. It is. It's kind of a cool idea, and it seems like maybe the Oregon situation could have meaning. But to me, that that's that might be going a little far down the rabbit hole because just like punching your ha- hand into someone's chest no matter if their heart is on the other side of their body or not, like it's, it's still going to fuck you up. Yeah. It's still going to be like a situation where you're probably dead, but maybe <laughs> you survive. Oh, the, she'll, she'll still die, but like the surprise will so give her a moment. Stab him in the brain or something with an ice pick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the way I saw the organs thing with her organs being backwards or something, I thought it was just like another reason for Volga to feel like an outcast. Because that's yeah. like what she is, you know, that's her whole vibe is I'm an outcast and nobody likes me and that kind of thing. Right. Maybe. But it's an interesting theory. I liked it. 
We'll see what happens. Yes. I mean, Pierce likes to leave breadcrumbs. Like, why tell us sure. that? Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Prime five. Five of our top character moments. This and time we're doing top five. She cute. Moments. You want to go first? Okay. So the first time we ever meet Volga, mm-hmm. it's when Ephraim is hiding inside of a sarcophagus and she's got the lid. She picks it up and he's like, oh, Volga. And he's like stretching out. And she holds the heavy lid over her head and then like holds it for like longer than normal. And he's like, put that down. What are you doing? And she said, (laughs) do not be jealous, tiny man, that I can lift what you cannot lift. (laughs) You have to read all the Volga quotes now because your Volga voice is just on point. It's it's an Americanized (laughs) version. It's no TGR. Uh, Ben, what's up? What's next? Okay, so our next moment on our list of she cute moments is we loved how she just like saves all her money and is completely embarrassed about it. Yeah, when the crew finds out, she's blushing because they're (laughs) they're like, why do you have all your money from all of our jobs? Because they're all like out of money. All right, you have to read the line again. I have money. How much? All of it. All of your share? Yes. Well, I must eat, and I eat much more than you, <laughs> smaller people. And I like beer. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Volga. <laughs> and I pay my landlord each cycle change. He says I am the best tenant. <laughs> she blushes. <laughs> <laughs> and and sometimes I go to the Cerebian, you know, the zoo. I like the popcorn and the animals, and people are also happy, especially the children. <laughs> I go in the middle of the day, so tickets are cheaper. <laughs> she says that at the end because she's like embarrassed that <laughs> yeah, she she's spends spending so money. much money on the zoo. <laughs> and then Ephraim's like, "How could you? <laughs> Such a dick." Just incredible. We love you, Volga. The reason she's saving all her money is because she wants to have a zoo. Right. She dreams of an animal preserve with zebra cores and griffins. <laughs> Gryffindor. Have you ever seen the movie We Bought a Zoo? Uh, I didn't watch it because it looked stupid. It's not good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Obviously, it was like in that meme, but like, right. yeah, it looked pretty bad. It's not good. Have you ever seen Life of Pi? I actually haven't. What? Yeah. I saw it by myself in the movie theater. And just sobbed my eyes out. Wow. It was one of those where you're like, fuck, I didn't know I was going to cry so much. I wanted to come here by myself. <laughs> the sad girl crying. Yeah, I was going to say, everybody's just like, what it's is beautiful. wrong with this lady? <laughs> it is a beautiful movie. Like, cinematically. Yeah. You should watch it. Anyways, they own a zoo. That's where the tiger comes from, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought you were about to say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, so Volga also wants to own a zoo, and that's just incredible. And the reason she wants to own it is she wants to like uh, find carved animals that have been discarded, right? So it's like a shelter. Yeah. She wants to find people, animals that are like her, that have been cast off, and that is just so damn sweet. She wants to be a foster fail, but with all the animals. Wow. I want to do that same thing. Well... I'll buy a zoo next. You need to find a zebra core first. Actually, I worked at a zoo and they are a lot of work. Just FYI. You worked at a zoo for a long time. (laughs) I did. That's like probably the (laughs) coolest job you ever had. It is true. It is. 
it's a great it was a great job but it's a lot of work <laughs> were you a zookeeper did you have that title no 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 you were like below the zoo i was just a grunt at the zoo yeah. a grunt yes Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up on our she cute list is her pen pal skills to Lyria and uh, what she writes in the letters mm-hmm. and how she like wins Lyria over just by like being herself. I know. That's the best part about it is like Lyria is just resisting so hardcore. And uh, Lyria is like trying to give up. And then this letter just gives her life back. Right. You know, and, and Volga really pulls Lyria out of her own mind. So she really like saves Lyria. And I just love how she signs every letter. Your friend, Volga. It's just like. If you say it enough, it'll happen. <laughs> and clearly it worked. And Lyria's like, not my friend. Lyria's like, I hate you. <laughs> That's great. Will you be my pen pal? Yeah, do you want to write some letters back and forth? But you have to write them in blood Did with you see your that? fingernail. Did you see that Pierce posted his address, his P.O. box, and you can write him letters now? Yeah. Should we write him some letters in blood? In that blood be, with our fingernails. Definitely wouldn't be weird, right? I might actually use like my toenail because it'd be bigger, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, more of a grip. That seems like a good idea. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> okay. After we finish the pod, we'll work on our blood letters to okay. Pierce. Okay. Everybody else has to make one, too. He'll love it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. All right. Next up on our She Cute list, if I had the muffin, I would eat it. What else is there to say? It's like the best Volga like, line. Me, too. <laughs> I would also eat my muffin. I want a muffin right now. I, I love muffins. What's your favorite kind of muffin? Oh, I love them all. I like banana nut. I'm a big banana nut guy. <laughs> I've had like this one from Hy-Vee, which is a grocery store, if you don't know of Hy-Vee. It was like butterscotch. Wow, that sounds fucking like too much. Moist and amazing. <laughs> it was Volga. Oh, callback. Callback. Wetness. I was listening to my <laughs> Heather research. Heather, we've learned so much. We're using it already. That's an obvious one. It's obvious. If I had a muffin, I would fucking eat it, Volga. And I will share my muffin with you because you're so cute. And the number one on our top five she cute moments is the Volga Ephraim entire relationship arc. Yes. Just incredible. The father daughter relationship. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't remember, we got into an argument about whether or not Ephraim was a father figure or like he was more of like an uncle. And I was like, he's definitely not a father. And then all of you sided with Ben. So I guess I'm wrong. You're definitely wrong. Okay. According to Volga. I can be wrong. You're wrong according to Volga. Not not even me or the or uh, the Howlers. I, I agree with you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about this relationship. Obviously, we already talked about how... Ephraim's kind of abusive, (laughs) but he grows just as much as Volga does. Right. And Volga even talks about like what he does for her. So our first quote from their relationship is when they're on the ship after um, Ephraim, Pax, and Electra have saved the gals on uh, from the Red Hand, Volga says to him, without you, I would be nothing. Still working the docks at Echo City or dead on a stupid battlefield, or dead a dozen times before. You taught me how to survive. 
I'm lucky. Not all girls have a father. Or an uncle. <laughs> I don't think that was in or there. Or like a close <laughs> boss relationship friend. <laughs> yeah. A close relationship, a friend relationship with their boss. She also said that. <laughs> but this is when they really reunite for like just moments. Right. They get like one more moment together after this, I think. And this is just... This whole part is just turn on the waterworks. They get one more moment before his body is no longer in one piece. (laughs) (laughs) And then after Ephraim died, we also have a quote that kind of plays into this as well. Right. This is when Lyria is telling Volga not to go to Volsam Fa. Kieran has been like, hey, Volga person i don't know why don't you go die for us <laughs> yeah. so that he stops murdering everybody a little bit of a big ask there yeah like Kieran. hey like just go be <laughs> enslaved by this huge scary <laughs> warlord why not and volga's like this is what volga says to lyria she says Ephraimwood, he did not raise me to be a bad woman but he did not raise me to be good either fa will bring me close and he will pay for his evil thank you for helping me i have never had a friend so small, be so big. And then she kisses her on the forehead. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so cute. She's so good with her words, too. I know. She just really and is able how to hit the heart. Th- I mean, this isn't a she cute moment. This is like a, oh, she's like sacrificing her life for the good of people who aren't nice to obsidians. Right. Exactly. Like she's she's like cool. I'll save all these people who hate me. That's fine. Right, and um, like she says, Ephraim would. Ephraim already did. You know, at this right. point, he is dead and he, worthy. Yep. He's exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's taking those lessons she learned from him. She's kind of a sly fox in this scenario too. Like she knows Volsung Fa is going to bring her close. That's what she said, and she's going to make him pay. And that's also our prediction. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I don't think it's going to be that easy. Uh, well, it is fa. Fa, <laughs> 100 years of war. <laughs> um, also, one thing we forgot to mention, which is a fun anecdote, and I, I saw it on our Instagram story, so a listener wrote in. It's when the um, ship is being attacked by the Askamani, and Lyria's like, where's the knife? <laughs> <laughs> And Volga's like, it's in my leg. Her it's in thigh. my thigh. Yeah. My thigh. And Lyria's like, I like she she's like, I can't pull that out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that just is another anecdote that shows how badass Volga is. Like they're being sucked into space and attacked by aliens, and she's like, just pull the knife out of my leg, you little right. pixie. She definitely has like some non sequiturs in that moment that are really hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right. Let's move on to Prime or Pixie. Let's see. Did Volga survive the Hallerpod passage of in-depth scrutiny and judgment? Let's find out. I laughed because we didn't really judge her at all. <laughs> we were just like, she's amazing. She's amazing. <laughs> okay. So let's let's go to the Hallers first for Prime or Pixie. We've got an email here from Daniel. Nice. Thanks, Daniel. He said, Volga is bay. Uh, his prediction is Lyria is going to leave Oculus in search of Fa because he has Volga. I think that in some shape or form, Volga will be stabbed in the chest, but because her guts are mixed up, she will live. See? 
He's been reading theories. Nice. He says she's definitely going to fuck Fa up, though, and then bring the obsidians to Mars to push back against the society or at least try to level the playing field. But he thinks, interestingly, that it's not going to be enough. Okay. I would think if the obsidians came, then that would turn the tide, but maybe not. He said, all jokes aside, after Dark Age, I don't know about many characters. I don't want to jinx it by saying I hope any of them live because of the carnage that's happened. I feel you on that, Daniel. Um, He says, if Severo dies, it'll suck, but please don't take my snowball. Guys, I'm not joking when I say that was crying my eyes out when her and Ephraim were reunited. And I still choke up when she picks up his bones and they fall apart. Fa, that motherfucker. He says she's fucking prime, and anybody that says otherwise can fuck around and catch these hands. All right. You guys heard it. <laughs> she's prime. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Um, so, okay. So, we've all been praising Volga this whole time. So, mm-hmm. we do need to give the case against. Right. And I'll do it because um, you know how I really feel. But she is working. For the bad guys. Mm-hmm. She's a thief. I mean, yeah. She's stealing people's shit. And she she steals children. Yes, she disagrees with it, but she still does it. She did do it. And and I mean, she was forced into it, but she still <laughs> did it. And um, she shoots Kevax and like Kevax, almost yep. kills him. Yeah. And then... Um, That's probably her biggest strike right there is like almost right. killing Kevax. All of those things... <laughs> Could be considered <laughs> bad things. <laughs> That's my case against. All right. There's some real hardballs in there. <laughs> All right. What's the case for? Um, everything that we said, especially she cute. <laughs> I think there's nothing else to add to that. I think that if you like muffins as much as she does, like <laughs> and animals, like how could you not be prime? <laughs> All right, Aaron. What's your final ruling? Prime. I'm also going to say Prime. Wow. This one was a shocker, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) A lot of drama this week. Push and pull. All right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? I'll go first. Okay. I'm into some music this week. Switching it up. Okay. My favorite band in the world came out with an album, and I would just appreciate it if everyone would listen to it. It's called The Waterfall 2. It's by My Morning Jacket. That's the name of the band. They are the band that sings our theme song. Yes. For the podcast. Don't tell them that, though. We do not. (laughs) Um, They are also the band that Ben and I saw right after we interviewed Pierce Brown in Colorado. It was a transcendent experience. It was probably the best day of my <laughs> life. <laughs> and this new album is particularly amazing. And I'm not saying that just because they're my favorite band. It's really good. It's wonderful. Um, my favorite song is called Feel You. And I would highly recommend you listen to it. Again, I stop the waterfall. <laughs> I know all the words. Just kidding. Um, there's also a great video that c- that you can watch on YouTube, the TV on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, if you're um, into like visualizers and mu- music videos, it's a little psychedelic. Yes, if you want to like get fucked up and watch it, it's pretty <laughs> cool. It's a whole experience. Aaron, what are you into this week? Okay, I'm into this 
DJ guy. Thanks to Ben. <laughs> this is a Ben. What is Ben into that now I'm into? Ben's actually seen him perform live. I have not. It was a COVID-friendly drive-in concert. It was. So you can tell us about that. But his name is Mark Ribelay. And Ribelay? Ribelay. Mm-hmm. And um, he's an American electronic musician. And he plays the keyboard and sings. And he like records loops live. And a lot of them are based on what people write in live, like live streaming. So, yeah, he's a.k.a. the Loop Daddy. Loop Daddy. And so everything Full he does. Full disclosure, though, he's, it's like pretty dirty. <laughs> so, like, don't show your mom or whatever. It's extremely dirty. Yeah, don't like, listen to it around your kids. I told my coworkers <laughs> to listen, and then they were like, whoa, Aaron, this is, <laughs> this is pretty. I mean, my favorite song is Work That Ass for Daddy. And it's very offensive. <laughs> But it's also really good. And hilar- it's like hilarious. Yes. And so his thing is like he actually improvs all of his music and lyrics on the spot. So he'll take a topic and then he'll start looping together different uh, riffs and different chords and then make them into a coherent song and then add lyrics. And he just makes it all up on the spot. And sometimes he just comes out with amazing like gold. And so he's on YouTube. He's also an amazing Instagram presence if you just want some positivity in your life. Um, and he's like weirdly attractive. He's got a really he's got sexy like energy. Yeah. Hot nerd vibes because yeah. he wears these big glasses and uh, he only wears robes <laughs> and underwear. Yeah. He's super confident. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and you can also, he does like live streams a lot of times on Sundays where you can just like tune in and watch him from his apartment and he's and just you like can write taking in calls. Stuff. Yeah. It's fun. It's really um, cool. It is R-rated. Definitely R-rated. So, <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> but his music's out there. It's like on iTunes and Spotify and shit, so you can listen to him. And I would say the first time you listen to him, you should also watch him. Right. Because like, like watching him is hilarious. If you want some like not crazy dirty songs to listen to, like Summertime is a really good one. One More Time is a really good one. Yeah, it kind that one kind of gets like smooth jazz. Yeah, he's got a lot. If you want to look up his YouTube videos, "How to Funk in Two Minutes" is a really cool one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's a great uh, YouTuber. So as you well. guys have a lot of really great music to listen to now. <laughs> it's my morning jacket, the Waterfall Two album, mm-hmm. and the DJ Loop Daddy Mark Revelle. Right. What's coming up next week on Howler Pod? I think you want to say. Guys, it's time. It's the son of Julia and Tiberius, the morning knight himself. His honor will always remain. Next week, we're doing Cassius Apollona. And it's just going to be Ben talking to himself. <laughs> it's actually a solo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, you don't get to talk. This is my time. Aaron will not be appearing, and it will just be me. That's a joke. I'll be here. 57 minutes. You freaking weirdo. (laughs) Okay, Howlers. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Um, Call us. Leave a voicemail. 1-800-516-1540. We need all the Cassius voicemails next Uh, week. Nick from England, we need you. We're going to reach out to him. We need your voice. Yeah. Um, And email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Stuff about Cassius. Fan casting. 
there's so many options. Just like hot Ooh. men. <laughs> just send me pictures. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Find links to all of that at hallerpod.com. Tell a friend about the podcast. Spread the word about the books. Tell everyone about Cassius. I'm sorry, this is Volga's episode. Tell everyone about Volga and right. how she likes her muffins. <laughs> Rate and review us, five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, if you don't give us five stars only, we will lock you in a cell that Volga was in on Victor's ship mm. and deprive you of, you know, gravity and stuff. <laughs> It'll be terrible. All right. Thank you to Heather, our wise and wonderful researcher, for all her hard work researching the characters and their historical connections. And thank you to Miles for the amazing episode art. Bulga's is fucking fire. It's dope. She looks Very badass. Dope. And her little pin. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Alice. Omnisphere lupus. Oh. Oh.